So, Mike, before we get started, I wanted to talk a little bit about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. This is September, and September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, and every year, Relay FM, our company, we take some time uh, to talk about this issue, to talk about St. Jude, and most importantly, raise support for St. Jude. So the first link in the show notes this week is stjude.org slash relay, where people can give. But I want to talk about maybe why people should give, if that's okay. Please. Childhood cancer is something that no family should have to deal with. And unfortunately, I uh, and my wife, we are one of those families who have had to go through it with our oldest son. Uh, And every year, there are thousands of families like ours kind of thrown into this world, uh, probably way more than you think. Actually, childhood cancer remains the leading cause of death by disease for children under the age of 15. And St. Jude believes in a world, wants to live in a world where that isn't true. And as now the father of a cancer survivor, uh, we've been really blessed by the work of St. Jude uh, that our son is here and doing well. And what's what's really cool about this is not only did he receive the best cancer treatment in the world, this is the best cancer hospital and research institution for children anywhere on the globe, but we didn't pay for his treatment. And we've been a St. Jude family now for 11 and a half years with chemotherapy and multiple surgeries and countless scans and food and travel. All of this stuff is paid for for us. And I can tell you when we were entering into that, thinking about how we were going to pay for it was the last thing on my mind. It, It was in my mind somewhere, just thinking like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? You know, I was working as like a Mac consultant um, and it would have, it would have ruined us financially. Mm. But St. Jude steps into that gap and because of donations by people like you and me and our listeners can pay for all of this treatment and care these families receive so those parents can focus on their children. And man, I got to tell you, as a recipient of that, it is simply unbelievable. So if you want to join uh, this fight, join our support of St. Jude, go to stjude.org slash relay. Keep your eye on that page. We have some dates of live streams. Uh, Mike, you and I will be hosting a six-hour live podcast-a-thon on Friday, September 18th. You do not want to miss that. Yep. And uh, so all those links and the donations all at stjude.org slash relay. Yeah, please go there and donate wherever you can and then do it again and again and again as many times as you can. Mike, do you like being on boats? I mean, uh, I have a ton of experience of boat life, but yeah, all right, sometimes. But do you like being on fast boats? Uh, I don't know. Do you? I, I got to say, most of the times I've been on a boat, it's been to fish. So those those aren't very fast. One time I went on a ski boat uh, and I tried skiing. I was in middle school, maybe, maybe early high school, and I crashed and burned. So I don't, I don't really know either. But I think we should resolve this by the podcast buying a boat, the SS Ungeniused. All right. I mean, I just had to look up what a ski boat was, mm-hmm. um, so we shouldn't get one of those. I've never heard of that before. If we do get a boat, though, uh, I mean, I hope that, like, Tuffy doesn't come murder us. Maybe, like, it could be a way for us to, like, keep more uh, connected with our, with the podcast ma- mascot, Tuffy the Murder Dolphin. Hmm. Or maybe Tuffy would try and sink our boat. You know, when you call him the murder dolphin, it puts ideas in people's minds. 
Well, okay, never mind. What are we talking about today? <laughs> well, like, I actually do know, of course, I know, but our listeners don't know, unless they've seen the title, so should we dive into it? Oh, that's good. Hmm. We are discussing the water speed record, the officially recognized fastest speed achieved by a waterborne vehicle. I assume it's something really ridiculous, but please tell me the number. The current record is 318 miles an hour, achieved by Australian Ken Warby and his boat named the Spirit of Australia. Here's the kicker. The record was set back in 1978. That is both a faster speed than I expected and a much further time from now than I expected. Yes, so we'll get into that. But before we talk about our friend Ken, let's dive into some history. There's lots of dive jokes today. That's all we have. It's the only one that we had. But let's go way back. The first four world water speed records were all held by steam-powered, propeller-driven vehicles. In 1885, 26.2 miles an hour (laughs) from Nathaniel Hereshoff. In 1893... 31.6 31.6 miles an hour. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. With William B. Cogswell in 1897, we're climbing up to 39.1 miles Ooh. an hour with Charles Algernon Parsons, who has an incredible name. And then another Charles, Charles R. Flint, hit 45.06 miles per hour in 1903, steadily climbing. I mean, obviously, that's not very fast by modern standards, but I'm sure each of these records felt absolutely bananas in their day like if you're the first Mm -hmm. person to take a boat 39.1 miles per hour you're living on the ragged edge but steam's reign was about to end because in 1911 a ship designed by clinton crane was the first gasoline powered vehicle to break the record the same year a new record of 57 miles an hour was set by a twin engine craft boasting 700 horsepower <laughs> 700 horsepower to go 57 miles an hour I'm not, I'm not really sure I think there was a problem in the middle yeah. to like convert the horsepower into actual like movement it's not good 700 horsepower <laughs> we are talking like 1911 here um, just 8 years later Fred Frederick Walker Baldwin set a new record of 70.86 miles per hour in a hydrofoil that he designed with Alexander Graham Bell. Wait, the phone guy? The phone guy. Yep, a real renaissance man was Bell. Phones, fast boats, just going for it. Is this one of those ones where people are going to write into us to tell us that Bell didn't actually create the phone? Yeah, well, that's, that's is he fine. Is he that guy? You can email us at tuffy at ungeniuspodcast.com co.uk.au it's quite a big uh, big domain so over the next decade or so the water speed record was dominated by an American named Garfield Wood all these guys had great names Mm -hmm. (laughs) Garfield Wood he built a series of ever more powerful boats breaking the record five times in 1929 he reached 93 miles an hour aboard the eighth version of his vessel all of which were named Miss America. USA, USA, USA. Hey, hey what, well, uh, I've got one for you. What about Miss England 2? This feels like a joke, but no, this is true. Miss England 2, with the racing driver Sir Henry Seagrave at the helm, reached a new record of 98.8 miles an hour. Sadly, he didn't get to enjoy his time at the top as he went out for another run immediately after breaking the record and was killed in the attempt. Seagrave. Oh, no. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's tragic. It really is. Uh, but we're not a country willing to stay down as Miss England II or Miss England II was salvaged, repaired, and put back into service to beat the Americans once again. If you crash a speedboat, mm-hmm. well, just like build a new one. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to salvage No, this it. boat was good. The, the, I guess the, so. You know, the boat was fast. You scrape all the racing driver out of it, it's good to go again. Oh my God, what is wrong with you? I should interject here. <laughs> Into your, you're interjecting into yourself? Like, what are you doing? I'm trying okay. to cover up my bad comment. Ah, okay, good, good. I should good, interject good. that while that ship was being repaired, our old friend Garfield Wood recaptured the title, get this, becoming the first person to pilot a water-going ship over 100 miles an hour, putting the mark at 102. This back and forth between the USA and the UK went on for some time. In 1932, Garfield Wood built one final ship. Miss America 10, or X. Was it X? I'm going to say 10 because it was Miss America 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Miss America 10. Maybe they went like Apple did and they called it just not what you expected. It was 12 meters long and powered by four supercharged Packard airplane engines. In September (laughs) of that year, Wood broke the 200 kilometer an hour barrier, driving at 200.9 kilometers an hour, which is about 125 miles an hour. With this, K. Don, who had been heading up Britain's attempts in the wake of Seagrave's death, declined to make another run at the record. After Wood's run, the envelope was pushed even further thanks to the hydroplane, which is a vehicle that has three small holes that sit in the water, with the main structure up above the water when running at speed, which of course is great for reducing drag. In 1939, Malcolm Campbell set a new record of 141.7 miles per hour in such a craft, and after World War II, he focused on incorporating jet engines into watercraft for even faster runs, but he was unable to get things to work as he wished and retired from record-breaking. The 1950s were more of the same. The record was set and broken many times, but unfortunately more tragedies would come to pass. Englishman John Cobb was killed in the waters of Loch Ness, Yes, that Loch Ness. Uh-oh, we know why. Nessie jumped up and killed him. Uh, mm-hmm. But he he was killed going for the record. And in 1954, uh, a man in Italy was killed as well. This is when Malcolm Campbell's son, Donald, comes into the story. In the summer of 1955, he was the first to break the 200 miles per hour barrier without being killed while doing so. (laughs) His all-metal turbojet-powered hydroplane proved to be resilient, and Campbell piloted it to six more world records, topping out at 276 miles an hour. Jeez, that's genuinely terrifying. With 9 million horsepower. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like how they were just taking airplane technology and shoving in boats and seeing what would happen. Not good. It just seems bad. Unfortunately, Donald Campbell's story also ends in tragedy. Mm -hmm. In 1967, in a beefed-up version of his old ship, he ran at 315 miles an hour. When turning around to run it again, because you had to have two runs and they averaged them to make the world record. Uh, so he turned around and it seems that he grew impatient. And instead of letting the waters of the lake calm down, he began the run while the surface was still choppy. On his second run at about 318 miles per hour, so even faster, the nose of Campbell's hydroplane lifted too high and the boat took off from the surface like a plane. It flipped over before crashing nose first into the water, disintegrating as it cartwheeled over the surface. 
Campbell was killed instantly, but his body wasn't recovered until 2001 after a two-week-long search was called off back in 67. Just six months later, but not in 2001, but back in 67 now, Lee Taylor, a boat racer from California, set the record at 285 miles an hour. He was lucky to do so, as in a previous attempt several years earlier, he was unable to shut off the jet on his boat, crashing into the shore of a lake at over 100 miles an hour. Ooh. Of course, so that's 285, right? But he beat the record that was 276 because Donald Campbell's unfortunate attempt to 315 didn't count because... He died. Yeah, he wouldn't get the second runoff, so you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't get that. Uh, that's terrifying. Crashing a jet boat into a shore like that was really mm-hmm. scary. So that gets us to October 1978, when Australia's Ken Warby set the record of 318 miles an hour that still stands today. The Spirit of Australia, the ship that he used, he built it himself, Mike, from wood, in his own backyard. You have got to have a lot of confidence in your own wood boat-making abilities to build that boat and then take it to those speeds. Yeah. In interviews, Warby has said that Donald Campbell had been a hero of his growing up, and despite his fatal accident, he knew he had to attempt to break the record himself. So his, his childhood hero is killed doing this, and he says, I've got to do it, and he goes out and does it. As we said at the beginning of the show... This record still stands. In the over 40 years since it was set, there have actually only been two official attempts to break it. In 1980, Lee Taylor attempted to regain the record. After a change of venue due to his financial sponsors wanting a more public event, he piloted a 40-foot-long rocket-powered boat across the choppy waters of Lake Tahoe. Knowing he could not make a run for the record due to the conditions, he decided to make a couple of high-speed passes for the media and the spectators who had gathered. On what would be his last run, the front left support of the boat collapsed, breaking the ship up, and his body was found in the cockpit three days later. Probably wasn't the best thing for the financial backers overall, then, it would seem, right? No, it's it's tragic. Someone else's decision-making leading to this accident. Yeah, not good at all. In July of 1989, Craig Arfons was also killed when his hydroplane took off from the water at more than 350 miles an hour. Holy moly. Uh, uh, yeah, Arfons had record-breaking in his blood. His dad, Walt Arfons, built uh, builder of the world's first jet car, and his uncle was Art Arfons, who set the world land speed record three times in the mid-1960s in a series of jet-powered cars. This accident really put other possible attempts on ice. You have somebody who's pretty well-known killed in this sort of public Mm -hmm. way. It just proved to be too dangerous, and uh, a lot of people were just content to let their record sit. But uh, there's still some stuff going on now, right? So uh, there are various people who have built ships, various people who have made plans for record-breaking runs. Like here in England, the team is developing a ship named Quicksilver. And Ken Warby worked with his son on more than one jet-powered boat. And as of the fall of 2019, they've reached 252 miles an hour in a series of test runs. Given how dangerous this is, I think the Warby family should probably retire from world speed records. They don't want to become the new Campbells. That's pretty solid advice. It does seem like that there aren't a lot of attempts because it it just feels like around that 300 mile an hour mark, you really run that risk of the because of the engines that they're using, the boat's turning into planes. And when that happens, 
all hell breaks loose, right? So it's uh, now we've gotten to the end of this story. It's not so surprising that the record was set so long ago. I'd like to thank Caesar for suggesting this topic. Uh, interesting, tragic, uh, perfect for an ungenius episode. For your kind of ungenius episode, anyway. If you have a topic you would like to submit, you, a couple ways you can do that. You can go to our w- website, uh, relay.fm slash ungenius slash 112. There you'll find the links to the stuff we spoke about, and uh, uh, there's an email link there where you can send us topic suggestions. You can also do so on Twitter. The show is at ungeniused. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can find me online at I-S-M-H. We would love your support for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital this month. To learn more and to donate today, go to stjude.org slash relay. And until our next boat ride, Mike, say goodbye. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.